welcome everybody to the podcast with your host mr wills so welcome to my weekly premier league preview show after another fantastic week in the premier league as you would have listened to last week i didn't get much things right last week but that's the good thing about the premier league it's open it's exciting and you know it's not predictable so as i always say i've got my opinion you've got your own so let's start with this week's first game saturday 12 30 luton versus Spurs. Luton are 17th with 4 points. Tottenham are 2nd with 17 points. This is a big game. Luton won won against Everton on Saturday, but then they lost in midweek at home to Burnley. And Spurs, they're flying. They're a point off City. And if they were to win this game and City were to lose an Arsenal draw, they'd go into the international break top. And who would have predicted that? So, there's a lot to play for. Luton want to show their fans, give them something to shout about, and Tottenham just want to keep the sh- keep the train rolling. You know, they're just rolling on, rolling on. And I think what's great for them is they're not into no Europe. They've got they're just train playing once a week, training the whole week, and the manager's getting across his plans all the time. So basically, they're going to be a tough team to, to to contend with this year because they're fresh, and you know they're not fatigued. And the players just know that they can give their all for one game a week, really. And then when they get international, they'll have weeks off. So, yeah, they're going to be a tough nut to crack this season, Tottenham. And with the players they've got, they're very, very good. They're very, very technical. And the, work, and the biggest thing I say about Tottenham players this season, no egos. All the players seem to do exactly what the manager wants. And there's nothing better for a manager to say, you know what? I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to take it on board and you're going to listen. Because the key thing in football right now is listen. Listening to what you've been told because what the manager's telling you is for the best for the team. A lot of football players want to do what's best for them. And that's hence why the team usually falls down. So Tottenham really are in good shape. Luton, they give their all. They're quite old-fashioned the way they play. But that suits them. They'll keep going. The one thing I'm going to praise Luton about they will keep going. They will, they'll go to the end. They'll try their absolute best. The manager's getting the absolute maximum out of them players. Could he ask for a little bit more quality? Sure. But as long as they're giving their best, that's all you can ask for. This is going to be a tough game for both teams. I quite think that, you know, Luton were going to be in the game, be in the game, be, but I fancy the quality to come out. So I'm going for a 3-1 Tottenham win. The key man, Kuliszewski. The second game, Saturday. 3 o'clock. Everton versus Bournemouth. Everton are 16th with 4 points. Bournemouth 19th with 3 points. So, I don't need to say it to you, but I'm going to say it. This is a big, big football match for both teams. Last week with Everton, they would have expected to beat Luton at home, no doubt about it. So, to lose at home to Luton, huge disappointment. You go away to Brentford and beat them, and then you have Luton at home, you're expecting 6 points. The fact that I didn't get them, big pressure on this game now. Because the thing with Everton, their fixture list has been very kind. So if Bournemouth were to beat them and go above them, you'd have to feel it would be a long, long season for Everton. This is a big game for them. They've got to beat them, really. It's a must-win game for, for Everton. For me, it's a must-win. Big pressure on the manager and big pressure for relegation if they don't. Bournemouth, I've said it time and time again, the fetch list has been horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. But they're yet to win a game. 
So confidence can't be high. When you don't win matches, confidence can't be high. The thing is, when you keep losing, when you get into games where you feel like you've got a chance to win, because your confidence is so low, it's difficult to, you know, you can't flick and you can't flick and flick on a light and say, "Yo, I'm confident today." You know, it doesn't work like that. Confidence is built. So they're somehow going to have to try and lift themselves for this big game, find some confidence, and try and get a victory. This is a tough game to predict. Because both teams are in a bit of a mess. Everton, they've got one way of playing. When it don't come off, there's no guile, there's no creativity, there's no subtlety. Bournemouth, a little bit of subtlety, a little bit of quality, but the underbelly of their team's very, very soft. You know, you feel like they're going to concede goals, Bournemouth. You know, that midfield, I mean, Tyler Adams is meant to be back. He's going to be a big player for them. And you want to hope he's back for this game because the underbelly of Bournemouth is very, very soft. Tough game to predict, but I've got to do so. I'm going for I'm going for a 2-1 victory for Everton. And the key man, Calvert-Lewin. Third game, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Burnley versus Chelsea. Burnley are 18th with 4 points. Chelsea are 11th on 8 points. Both teams coming off a victory in their last game. Burnley beating Luton, 2-1. Chelsea beating Fulham, 2-0. So both teams... Coming into the game with a little bit of confidence. Both teams thinking they should be doing a lot better. In Burnley's case, they're playing a lot, playing good football, but not been getting any victories. And in Chelsea's case also, playing good football, but not getting much results. So this is a game where, like I said, both teams, little bit of confidence. And it, like I say, it's a big game for both teams. Could Chelsea, with the fixture list that's coming up after this game, Chelsea have got to play their next 10 games against the top 10. It's a hell of a fish list coming up for them. Burnley, they'll just be hoping to keep the good work going. I like the way company's going about his business. He ain't going to change his ways. He's got a style of play. He don't care if they lose. He's going to stick to his principles. And that's the best thing you can ask from somebody. Stick to what you, what you know and what you believe in. And, you know, yes, you can tweak a little bit. But if things go wrong, you know that you've done the things that you wanted to do. And that's the thing about Burnley and company. They're doing things the way that he wants them to. Full credit to them. Regards the key players, I like that Foster up front for for Burnley. Good player. I like the little left winger. He's quick. They've got a few players that up front that nobody really knows of. and But they're dangerous. Do they lack a bit of end product? Maybe. But they're very dangerous. With Chelsea, when I was watching that game against Fulham, I loved their midfield. Absolutely loved it. Casado sitting... Enzo sitting, Enzo, Enzo's class, isn't he? You know, Enzo Fernandez is class. You know, he, he, when you watch somebody, you just look at some, your classmate. He's 21, he's a World Cup winner. You paid over 100 mil for him, but still he, he uses it, doesn't he? And then Conor Gallagher there. Conor Gallagher has impressed me as well, because I thought he weren't going to be suited to what Chelsea were looking for. But he's adding some bows to his game. He is. He, you know, I thought he was just a box-to-box midfielder, but he's starting to get understand the game a bit more you know know when to go and when not to go know when to pass short know when to pass long you know covers men he's, he's good he's a good player Conor Gallagher glad to see Mudrick get off the score sheet and little Cole Palmer you know he's a little bit you know like I said there's something about him we'll still a long way to go but there's something about him tough game I'm going for a 1-1 draw I think both teams are going to be in it I don't think both teams can score a lot of goals but I think both teams will have the ball and both teams will look to score. So I'm going for a draw. 1-1. One, one. 
key man, Conor Gallagher. The next game, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Fulham versus Sheffield United. Fulham are 13th with 8 points. Sheffield United are 20th with 1 point. This is a big game for Fulham. They've had a lot of tough fixture lists. Very tough. But I just believe the managers might be getting a few things wrong. They bought Calvin Bassey for my ex. But they're still playing Tim Ream. And as you seen the other day, Tim Ream's old. He, yes, he, he keep the ball very well. But I think it's time to give Calvin Bassey a game now. I think it's time to start with a new generation and move forward. Up front, I'm even thinking about giving Vinicius more starts. Jimenez ain't doing it for me. And, you know, he ain't the same player that he was before his head injury. I do think there's something about Vinicius. Give him more of a run in the team. Give him the opportunity. Make him feel more confident. You don't know what can happen, but I don't think he'd do any worse than Jimenez. For Sheffield United, last week they went to West Ham. They lost 8-0 the game before. Confidence must be at an all-time low. I don't really know what to say other than Hopefully they've had a good week on the training field. Hopefully the manager's instilled a little bit more confidence into them. It's a game where they, if they're on form, the way Fulham are playing, I read a stat that Fulham, are given, even though they don't concede a lot of goals, they do give up a lot of chances. So Fulham are a team where they let you play. So basically if you can convert the opportunity you're given, you've got a chance to do well against them. But the big problem is with Sheffield United, I don't think they can do that. So this is a very simple, simple prediction for me. I'm going for a full-on victory and I'm going for 2-1 and I'm going for the key man to be Vinicius. The next game, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Manchester United versus Brentford. Man United are 10th with 9 points. Brentford are 14th with 7 points. Man United, where do you start? The goalie's having a torrid time. The defence is all over the shop. If people don't say to me that Luke Shaw is the best Man United defender, by without doubt, these Man United fans don't know what they're talking about. When Man United were doing really well last season is when Luke Shaw went to centre-back. Luke Shaw is quick, he's agile, he reads the game, he can pass, he can drive with the ball, he's got a great leap on him. Luke Shaw is without doubt Man United's best defender and Man United are missing him so, so badly. The rest of the defenders look off the pace, slow, weak. They don't seem to win their battles. That's just the defence. In midfield, there's no structure. There's no presence. There's no box-to-box play. It's like we've got one player for each role instead of one player to do all the roles. Casemiro is now becoming a, a baller. But Casemiro weren't bought to be a baller. Casemiro is bought to be a defensive midfielder. Track his runners. Ericsson. Ericsson is a passer. But Ericsson don't pick up his runners. Bruno. Bruno seems to go Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. He doesn't like to keep the ball simple. Mount now. I've quite enjoyed Mount the last recent games. But Mount's going to be pushed out of the team because the manager favours Bruno. Up front. Rashford is mentally looking very, very weak. Now... To play at the highest level, we can't say to somebody, oh, mentally you have to get right. It's not that easy, but you've got to find the solution. You've got to. The lad up front, Hoyland, I said it before, that lad's going to be a top, top player. I said it, I'm going to stand by it. That lad is going to be a top, top player. Our right wing, there's nothing there. It's a complete mess. 
And who do you blame? I think you got to blame the manager. The manager's buying the wrong players. He's flooding the forward line. So that means that players are not going to be happy on the bench. It's a complete disaster. Complete disaster. Now for Brentford, like I said last week, they're a team where they don't lose many games, but they eke out draws. They get results. But they're not really moving up the table. You know, they're 14th, but they've only lost twice. Man United are 10th and lost four times. So you see what I'm trying to say. But if Brentford were to win, they'd move above Man United. So for them, this is a big game. They, they'll be smelling blood. They will know that with the physical presence up front with Mbermo and Visa and your Man United being physically weak in midfield at the back, sorry. They've got a chance. They've got a great chance. Set pieces. You know, if Man United don't play Maguire again, they'll be fancying themselves. You know, Brentford will be sitting there going, we can just keep it tight. We know we're going to get a chance. Man United defensively are no good. So this is a game where, you know, people usually say, oh, Man United win. I don't think so. You know, I do not think so. I'm struggling, but I'm going to go for a Man United 2-1 victory. But this could easily be a 1-1 draw or 1-0 Brentford. But like I said, I'm going to go with Man United 2-1 and the key man, Hoyland. The next game, Saturday, half past five. Crystal Palace versus Nottingham Forest. Crystal Palace are ninth with 11 points. Nottingham Forest are 12th with 8 points. Palace are a funny old team, aren't they? They just get results when you don't expect them to. Last week, I didn't expect them to go to Old Trafford and win. But like I've said, because of their goalie, because of the two centre-backs and the two centre-midfielders, Palace will always have a chance. Because them, two, them, them five players are very, very, very solid. Very dependable. And to be honest, the two centre-backs could be playing for the top four teams, to be honest. I like them that much. They're composed. They're strong. They're quick. They win their battles. And on the ball, Anderson is as good as anyone in the league. In midfield, Decore, solid, reliable, picks up his runners, knows his defensive responsibilities. And obviously, you know, set pieces. They're key in football. So if you keep it tight, you, you nick a set piece, you take a 1-0 victory. Simple as that. That's how Hodgson likes to do things. And without Eze this week and Elise, he'll go down that route again this week. It's not the most entertaining stuff, but it puts points on the board. And ultimately, that's all what matters. Forrest, like I said, have had a good start to the season. Would have liked to beat Brentford at home. They would have been on 10 points. But they'll take the point. They were down to 10 men again. So there's good character in the team. They're still trying to bed their players. But, you know, it just seems like they're on a nice... They're not worrying. You don't have to worry about Forest. They're going to go to Palace and they're going to believe they can, they can win. And I believe they can win, maybe. But I don't know. But there's definitely an opportunity here for them to win. They've got to keep things tight at the back. And up front, they've got a threat. They've got a lot of options, Forest. A lot of up front, options up front. So this is a you know interesting game. If Forest were to win, they'd go on the same points as Palace. If Palace were to win, with all the other teams above them playing each other, they'd make good progress in on that. So this is you know Palace will be looking thinking you know you know we could make good progress here if we can get a victory. So it's a it's a big game. So I'm going for a two-one victory for Nottingham Forest and the key man a one-nil. The next game, Sunday, 2 o'clock. 
Wolves versus Aston Villa. Wolves are 15th with 7 points. Aston Villa are 5th with 15 points. A wonderful victory last week for Wolves against Man City. Like I said in my podcast last week, if Wolves could do certain things, they've got a chance to win. Because Wolves have got good players. They're just a bit, lack a bit of concentration and are lacking a bit of killer edge in front of goal. But everything else, they're a very good team. They've got quick, they've got pace, they've got a bit of strength, they've got a bit of guile. And with Neto, he must be the most devastating 1v1 player in the Premier League right now. If you was asking me 1v1, who who I think is going to go past somebody all the time, I'm saying Pedro Neto. He is electric. He needs a bit of end product, but regards going past players, he's as good as anyone in the league. Regards Villa, unbelievable victory last week against Brighton. Unbelievable. Best victory of the week. The way they're playing, the manager's got getting a tune out of all the players. I did call Jacob Ramsey as a top player. He come off the bench and scored. They've got Tillemans on the bench. They've got good options. They've got a lot of few injuries at the back. That don't seem to matter. They don't make any excuses. It's happy times for Villa. If they were to go and win at Wolves in a local derby with all the top teams playing each other, wow, 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 wow. They could easily be in the top four. So this is a big game for both teams. Wolves will think they can beat Villa because Villa are playing in Europe. And Villa will think, you know what? Wolves are a jammy old team. They win one week and they lose the next. So Wolves will be looking for some consistency and Villa will be looking to keep up the good work, what they're doing. It's a tough game because both teams have got what I call midfielders that are modern. You know, they're very quick. They're very aggressive. They've got good quality. But all the midfielders seem to be able to do the same things. Lamina, Gomez for Wolves, Louise, McGinn, Kamara for Villa, all similar ilk. So it'll be a battle of who can come on, come out on top. But also, I said Watkins, one of them strikers where he gets on a run, he's hard to handle. Now, w- one thing about Wolves centre-backs, they're not the quickest. So if they keep a high line, he's definitely going to exploit that. Interesting game. Interesting game. I'm going for a 1-1 draw. And the key man, I'm going to go with Pedro Neto. The next game, Sunday, 2 o'clock. West Ham versus Newcastle. West Ham are 7th with 13 points. Newcastle are 8th with 12. This is a big game. If one of these teams could get a victory, they will go into the international break very, very happy. West Ham, because last season they didn't have a good season in the league. And Newcastle, they've lost a few games. But if they were to sit on 15 points, they'd know they'd be right in the mix. Big game. A lot on it. A very much a lot on it. But both teams will be coming back from Europe. So it'll be interesting to see how they shape up. I think West Ham, knowing they won the first game in the Europa Europa Cup, could take liberties of resting a few players. Where Newcastle will have to go full out against Paris Saint-Germain and, you know, hope that the players recover and go again on a Sunday. Not easy. Not easy. You know what you're going to get from West Ham, especially in a game like this. Newcastle have the ball. West Ham will look to counter. Bowen again, he's the perfect, he's becoming one of the best counter-attack players in the league, Jared Bowen. I'm calling him out because I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. He had a bit of a slow season last season, but if he's in the right team and they're playing to his strengths, he can deliver. 
Make no bones about it. And the thing of what I like about Bowen, even when he's playing poor, he works his he works his socks off for the team. Very much a very good team player, Jared Bowen. Regards Newcastle, they're in a good rhythm at the minute, aren't they? They played their reserves against Man City in the Carabao Cup. They delivered. They're not conceding any goals. They got tight at the back again. They're a threat on goal. Very dangerous team. Very, very dangerous team. There was a little bit of pressure with Eddie Howe. Not anymore. He's got them playing the way he was playing. They were starting to play last year. They are a tough team to play against. They're quick. They're aggressive. They defend properly. They press hard. They've got all the players can play at a high, high tempo. So they, you know, basically they grind you down with the tempo. Gordon's playing really well. Amaron scored a screamer. Isaac Wilson. Bruno's back to some form. Yes, they're a tough team. This is a good game. And in this game, I'm going for a 2-2 draw. And the key man, Jared Bowen. The next game, Sunday, 2 o'clock. Brighton versus Liverpool. Brighton are 6 on 15 points. Liverpool are 4th on 16 points. So as you can tell, this is a big, big football match. Big game for Brighton because they lost 6-1 last week. And big game for Liverpool because... We all know what happened last week with the VAR against Spurs, but they still end up losing. They lost very heroically, didn't they? Down to nine men for all that long. I mean, Joel Matip, really. Whoa, huge error. But anyway, this is a big game. With Brighton coming back from Europe, they're a little bit open recently. They're conceding quite a few goals, aren't they? Um, the manager must be worried. You know, the thing about styles of play and tactics and when people haven't seen them before is that obviously you know the way football is now a lot of people do their homework so they'll be looking to penetrate Brighton like Brighton and learn how to penetrate other teams so you wonder if people are starting to see a few weaknesses in their game and for me the the weakness of Brighton is is you can get at the back four if you get out of the press very quickly because they attack they don't really attack with a lot of men. They just have a lot of people, a lot of players, sorry, in the half. So if you can get at their, at their defenders, you're in business, as Aston Villa found out last week. With Liverpool, you know, I think they'll be in good shape going to Brighton. I think they'll know this is a big game. Arsenal and Man City are playing each other a couple hours later. Big chance to put a lot of pressure on, on them two teams, really. The Fitch list again for Liverpool, away at Brighton, away at Tottenham. They've played a lot of tough games. So if they were to go to Brighton and win, with the Fitch list that will be coming for them, they'll be sitting there thinking, we're right in business for the Premier League. Right in business. So it's a big game. Brighton to show people they're not a, not a one-trick pony. And for Liverpool, because it puts big pressure on the game after Arsenal Man City. Big game. I'm going for... A 3-2 victory for Brighton. I think it's a bit... F I just I just believe in the manager. I don't think this manager is a manager where he's a one-trick pony. I think he thinks about the game. Yes, there'll be pressure with Liverpool. Like I've said before, the attacking threat is incredible. But Brighton, I think you can get at Liverpool as well. It's going to be a great game. Great game to watch. 3-2 Brighton. Key man, Jao Pedro. The last game. Sunday, 4 o'clock. Arsenal... Versus Manchester City. Arsenal sit third on 17 points. Manchester City sit first with 18 points. So, you know what I'm going to say. It's a huge football match. Huge. And it's huge for a couple of reasons. 
One, because of the position in the league. But for Arsenal, their record against Manchester City is shocking. They haven't beat them in years. They've got to put a punch on their nose. They've got to break their nose in this game. And I don't mean literally. I mean, they've got to make them know that they're, they're around. So they've got to beat them. At all costs, Arsenal have to win this football match. Last season, when Man City came to their ground, that's when things changed. That was the game what lost, lost Arsenal the league. And that's the game that won Man City the league. They're going to have to go about things where they know they've got to put... They've got to, you know, they've got, they've got to win. End of story. Arsenal have to beat City for belief, for hope, to make Man City know, say, Arsenal are here and, and they're tough and they're not, they're not going to fold. They're there. They're going to go to the end. They've got to win. That's it for me. You know, we could talk about players. We could talk about whatever. Arsenal have to beat Man City for the belief that they can win the league. And for Man City to know, say, Arsenal are there. Because I think Man City know that Liverpool are there. I think Man City know that last season was a blip for Liverpool. I think they now know that Liverpool going to be there. So Arsenal need to make Man City know that Arsenal going to be there. Huge game. With City, they've lost two games without Rodri. Rodri's a key man. They played in the Champions League. They won again. Rodri's missing for this game. It's a big, big, big loss for City. Huge. Without him, they're just not the same team. They haven't got a replacement at any level as good as him. It's a big, big loss. So if you're Arsenal and you're playing about Rodri and Kevin De Bruyne, this is your time, isn't it? This is your, t this is your time to shine. With City, they, Pep usually finds answers. He's going to have to find a big answer because this is a big game and big questions are going to be asked. Big questions. I believe in Pep, but I also believe in Arteta. You know, they're coming off the loss in midweek in Champions League. But is their eye on the game? Is their eye, Was their eye firmly on City? They know if they win, they go above them. That's how big of a game it is. City knows if they beat Arsenal, they go four points ahead of them. Both teams will probably take a draw. But, you know, they'll know that top number there. It's just a big football match. Liverpool are there. You know, a couple of teams could go top of the league. Big game. Love to see what's going to happen. Love to how it's going to be set out. What? Arteta's going to do look, see what Pep's going to do without Rodri is he going to flood it with a couple of midfielders he tried it last week against Wolves it didn't work he's going to look for a different option it's just oh, I just love these are the type of games where I love to watch to see what top top managers and you know there's nothing better than seeing top top manager in work because no t good team can win a league without a top manager believe me top managers that's why they get paid the big bucks very intriguing football match. Very intriguing. And I'm going for a 2-2 draw. And the key man, Gabriel Jesus. Thank you very much for listening. Keep getting behind the real shh. Keep pushing it. I'm keep pushing it. Let's keep going. I hope you enjoyed the content. Let me know on Instagram if you wanted me to talk about anything you're interested in. That's what we do. We're here for the people. Thank you very much. Bye.